Thank you, Lord. Everybody good? Yeah. That's good. Anyways, I'm going to tell you a secret. Here's one of my secrets. Is I don't really... I'm going to be careful how I say this. I don't normally look forward to, to preaching, okay? I usually don't even think about it. I block it out of my mind. Because uh, just for some reason, it's just not something that's, you know, like this burning desire in me to do. But uh, I think you're supposed to do it. <clears throat> but I am about this today. I really am. This is, I haven't been excited. About, I'd say one out of ten times I get excited. So, But I'm excited about sharing this with you. And the reason is I have shared everything I'm going to say to you. I've shared it with you already. Okay, you know everything I'm going to tell you, but I wanted—I was saying I wanted to pick out. I mean, 2007 was the best year of my life spiritually. I'm telling you, it has been a watershed event for me. And like Becky was saying, when somebody was saying they was glad 2007 was over, and <clears throat> I can understand that feeling, but I don't feel that way. I'm, I, it's been a great year for me. Uh, but I believe it's going to be even better next year. Okay. You know, I really do. But what I wanted to do is share, like, I, I can't share everything, but I picked out five things that were really significant revelations to me. Okay, and I mean revelations. They're not just uh, things that I think are like good teachings and stuff like that or instructions. But these are things that the Lord has really spoken to me personally this year, and I think he's spoken to the church too, and I wanted to give them to you, so I'm not going to linger on them because you've already heard them, but I really want to, you know, just stir you up. In the, uh, so let's put John 14, 1 through 3. Y'all know that had to be up there. If you don't remember this scripture by now, you are just not been here. And oh yeah, by the way, I have switched Bible versions on you. You notice I've been a New King James Version guy for a long time, and I started reading... Uh, you know, I like to, uh, on my personal reading, switch versions around uh, just to kind of keep keep it fresh for me. And uh, I switched. Becky has a New American Standard, and I've I've been reading the New Testament. I got I've been I've got through Second Corinthians, and I concluded I'm going to get me a new Bible for Christmas. I'm going to switch over. It's just so good uh, the the way they say things in the New American Standard. I have been a New American Standard fan forever, but. I sort of forsook it years ago for the New King James. So from now on, this is my first Sunday, I'm going to use New American Standard. So if it doesn't, I don't know what Bible versions y'all use. Some of you use the nearly inspired version, right? Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's it. But I, this is what I use. I'm using. Uh, Jesus said this, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Now, isn't that wonderful? In my Father's house. That was the first... That's a powerful, been a powerful revelation for me is the Father's house. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And that means that every person who will, there's a place in the Father's house for you. If you want, if you want a place at the table, there's a place at the table for you, especially for you that nobody else can have. It's got your name on it. And it's, uh, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Of course, that can be applied to heaven itself, but really it's heaven on earth, that God is looking for places on the earth to, to have a reflection of the Father's house. 
and the Lord Jesus Himself, by the Holy Spirit, is, is crying out in this hour. He's reaching out to people and saying, Come to Me. I, I've got a place for you. And He's looking for places on the earth where He can geographically and physically, they can be those types of places. Okay? There is these geographical spots. And I'm going to be honest with you. We can't do it here. I don't know why we can't do it here, but in my heart, we can begin here in this place because it's a spiritual thing first. But there are at times places in the Scripture where there is a need for you to be at a specific place to really receive all that God has for you. And as a body, we have to look away from here to a, to a new place that God has for us over there off in Shenville Road to build this ministry called the Father's House. And that doesn't mean we don't start building a day in our hearts, but I know there's a well there, a spiritual well that God has for us there that we will not fully enter into these scriptures until we get there. And when we get there, well, of course, it'll be a process to fully enter into all of it, but there are going to be places on the earth where God's glory is going to be tangibly manifested. Because it's going to need to be because the earth is going to be. And I believe that's one of those places over there. That's why we've got to get over there. We've got to get over there and build a natural building so that tangible presence of God can come and the people in the world will be drawn to that place and people can be saved there and healed there. Because he said, don't let your heart be troubled. That's what the Lord is interested in is fixing troubled people. And if you're a troubled person this morning, you're in a good place. And God wants you to know that you belong. He doesn't want to push anybody out the door. Uh, and there's just things in there that I believe are really important. It's going to be a house of gracious and healing hospitality. God really wants to welcome people. And you can be an old, ugly, mean person. He still wants to welcome you. It's going to be worship, a house of worship. It's going to be a house of prayer. And it's going to be a house of forgiveness and a house of healing. Those are, all, those are the things that God wants to do in the earth. He wants to heal people. He wants to forgive people. He wants to, for people to really experience His graciousness towards them, the grace of God. I mean, this sounds like a, you know, a, sort of a big, a big vision, but this house is already built in heaven. It exists in heaven, okay? And, and by faith, we can bring that house out of heaven onto, the, onto this planet. By faith, we can reach into heaven and pull that house down if we really want, if we want it. It's there for us. Jesus said, I'm, I'm coming again to receive you to myself. In other words, he's saying that on earth you can have this if you want this. Does anybody want it? Yeah. I mean, I want it. I desperately want it. So give your money to it. Give your money. Mate. You know, we did, I, I'll tell you, somebody fussed at me about us doing the pledge thing. I told them, forget it. You're fussing at the wrong person. If I was just trying to build a church building, you could fuss at me. In fact, if I did that just to build a church building, beat me and throw me out in the street for it. Because I'd be going against my conscience big time. But I'm not trying to build a church building. God is not interested in church buildings, at least in my heart. He's in, but He's interested in His house. So I don't have a problem saying, people, give to that house. Give to that house. Make a pledge to that house. There's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, I want to do this. By the grace of God, I'll do it. By the, and if I can't do it, by the grace of God, I, didn't, I wasn't able to. But my heart's to give. So I want to encourage you about that. So the Father's house is a powerful revelation. And I honestly, I've never had like a 10, you know, people used to fuss and buy, what's your 10-year vision? I said, 10-year vision? Man, I'm having a hard time getting through tomorrow, you know. But I do have this vision for the rest of my life to be involved in that ministry, to see that happen for the rest of my life. I really, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life is, is this. 
is these things. I want to give myself to prayer, to worship, to healing, to forgiveness, to graciousness, to seeing the Father's house manifested in the earth. And that was really just a powerful revelation and it continues to really burn in my heart because it's an assignment from the Lord that I feel like God has given me. And I think he's given us, given this church. It is our assignment. And I believe when we embrace that assignment, like I shared with you last week, there's a download of favor that's going to come that we don't, that comes with the assignment. I talked to you last week, the difference, you know, we have favors as, as, as God's children automatically, but there's a load of favor that comes when we walk into his assignment. And, and that, you know, that, you know, is exponential favor, I believe, along with many challenges. You know, along with many challenges, but yeah. All right, the second thing that I wanted to share is uh, out of John 14, 16 through 18. Let's, let's read that, and this is what, what Jesus said. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And this revelation, I'm going to phrase it like this, uh, of the Holy Ghost, okay? And as I shared with you last week, and you know, there's no difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit, but I heard a black preacher years ago talk about, uh, you know, there's Holy Ghost people and there's Holy Spirit people. Holy Spirit people are people that go to church early and they're smug and they got it all together and they're happy their Christian life. They ain't got no needs. But Holy Ghost people are desperate people. There are people who are hungry for God, and they know it. They're desperate. I need something. I lack something. And I've become a Holy Ghost person this year. <laughs> I've told people this. God has absolutely ruined my introvert personality. <laughs> I'm a quiet worshiper, naturally. I like to be reserved. I'm a reserved, happy guy. Happy, reserved. But God has told me, Byron, if you, wanna, if you want me, here's what I need you to do. I need you to humble yourself, and I need you to let it rip. That's what he started saying. I thought, I'm not going to let it rip. Lord, you know I don't do that. No, you will do that. <laughs> I'm not saying everybody needs I'm just telling you what God said to me. But I've become a Holy Ghost person. I've become real desperate for God this year. God has given me a desperation, a good desperation. A desperation that, know, that I know that God's going to res- respond to me. It's not this clawing, begging thing. It's, it's, oh, Lord, I just see my need of you more and more and more. And I want you. And I'm willing to be foolish I'm willing to be foolish for you. I'm willing to be. I'm willing to humble myself and do what I need to do. If it takes me crawling around on my knees, Lord, I will crawl. And uh, you know, of course, your heart has to be to, to be right on that. But the Lord wants us to become Holy Ghost people, all of us. We're living in a desperate time. But Jesus uh, said that I will not leave you as orphans. Okay, and say so the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is the one who combats the orphan spirit that's in the world. And so, you see, that's really important as part of being in the part. See, that connects to the Father's house. So you take the Holy Ghost away from the Father's house, what do you have? Nothing. You have zero. You hear what I'm saying to you? So, in order for to see the Father's house fulfilled, we have to see a greater move of the Holy Ghost. A greater move. There's more. God has more. <laughs> if some of the stuff the Lord's done this year has offended you, and if it hasn't offended you, something's wrong with you. <laughs> I have been offended beyond measure in this past year. <laughs> like, Lord, offend me more. Please offend me, because it seems like every time you offend me, something wonderful happens right after it, once I get over my offense. <laughs> 
But the spirit of abandonment, the poverty spirit, the, this inferiority complex that we see on people, uh, this spirit of rejection that we see on people, all these things are come from that orphan spirit. And, and the spirit of adoption absolutely despises that, that spirit, and he will combat that spirit in you if you'll let him. So I, come, Lord. I want more, release more of that spirit of adoption into my life. That's what's happened when I say I become a Holy Ghost guy. It's, 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 it's fully in me, but it has not been fully manifested in me. Do you all understand that? I, it's not like God said, okay, I gave you uh, half a cup of the Holy Spirit. No, he gave, me, he gave us all the Holy Spirit, but all the Holy Spirit is not manifested in us. It's not fully operational in us, is it? Gosh, if it is, he's sort of a, he's sort of a slack Holy Spirit. <laughs> there's more manifestation. There's more power. The resurrection power of Christ resides in each of us. We've got it in us, and God wants to release more of it. And that's just a powerful revelation. I wanted to mention that I feel... Well, let me just mention this in the next thing. Number three. So, Well, let me read this. Uh, Matthew twelve thirty-two. Um, Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. Okay? But whoever spe- uh, speaks against the Holy Spirit... Uh-oh. This tells you how serious God is about the Holy Spirit. It shall not be forgiven him. Now think about it for a minute. We can badmouth Jesus. We shouldn't. But he will actually forgive us for talking trash about Jesus. Okay? But when we begin to speak against the Holy Spirit, that is an unforgivable sin either in this age or in the age to come. So you see how... Let me tell you guys, you see how high God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ how high of esteem they hold the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? He's highly esteemed in the Godhead. Why is he not so highly esteemed here on on, on the earth? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Do we esteem the Holy Spirit like God esteems him, like the Father? And I heard a lady recently said, you know, she she said she was asked a question by these real denominational people who may not even be Christians. I don't know. She wasn't sure. Who is the Holy Spirit? This woman was very, very wise. Well, he is simply God with us. Isn't that good? Now think about it. We reject God with us when he begins to act up on us. Because God does act up. Doesn't he? Does God act up? <laughs> I think he does. He's sort of he's sort of wild. So I think that's really powerful that we need to become Holy Ghost people. You need to ask, are you are you satisfied with your Christian life today? Are you satisfied with who you are spiritually? Do you have all you need? Do you are you hungry for God? Are you desperate for God? Do you have a desire to read the Bible? Do you have a desire to pray? Do you have these desires working in you that you know these are not for me? These are these are godly desires. Do you have a desire not to sin? Because I know everybody has a desire to sin because it's in our flesh. But do you have a more powerful desire in you? Says, I don't really want to do that. Those, that's the Holy Spirit at work in you. And we need, Lord, I want to be more. Lord, I want, I want more of that. I want more of your power. I want more of your life in me. I'm not happy with what I have. I need more. I'm telling you, I need more. That's the way I feel in my heart. I don't have enough. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough dreams. I don't have enough vision. I don't have enough character and fruit manifested in my life. Therefore, I refuse to be satisfied. I refuse to be smug. I tell myself, be desperate, Byron. 
Don't settle for less. Don't judge. Don't criticize. When you see God touching people. I wasn't supposed to be yelling because of my throat. Y'all okay? All right, number three. This is powerful. Revival and spiritual awakening. Revival and spiritual awakening. I'll just read this one. Isn't it great that it's raining today? Wow. It's awesome. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to read this one verse. I've preached to you all a lot out of the First Kings 18. Uh, then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. Now listen. Come near to me. That's what the Lord is doing right now in the earth to his people. It's a prophetic word that has gone out. Come near to me. And so all the people, they, these people responded. These were... Old Testament people. And they responded when the Lord spoke through the prophet. But a lot of Christians don't respond. We're not responding today. We're not coming near to God. And he repaired the altar of the Lord which had been torn down. And the altar of the Lord in the earth is two things. Number one, it's our hearts. We have an internal altar. And number two, it's the body of Christ in the earth. It's the, body, it's the local church. It's the church as a whole in the earth and God is in the process of saying to you and I listen you need to be repaired it's, you're broken down you're broken down with doctrine of men you're broken down with religion you're broken down with wrong beliefs you're broken down you need me now come and if you'll come and allow me to fix you I will answer by fire and that's what happened in the rest of the story the fire fell and after the fire fell, Elijah went up and prayed, and it hadn't rained for three years. Three years. We were thinking about how bad it would be here if it didn't rain for three years. We'd die. And he prayed, and the Lord sent rain. And that's the revival that God wants to send. He wants to bring the fire on the people of God. On us, the fire, so he can bring the spiritual awakening to our nation. Our nation is in desperate need. And I'll tell you what, we were watching the, the call reruns. Remember the call? Y'all remember? Oh, that was a long time ago. That was a very significant event. We, were, we watched it. <clears throat> um, but, you know, honestly, when I was watching, I was really focused on going to South America because I was going to leave to go to South America. So that was, I was watching it while I was getting ready to go to South America. <laughs> but uh, we were watching some reruns yesterday, the day before, on God TV. I thank you, Lord, because I, I feel like in my heart that there were those people there praying for our country. And I think they're holding the hand of judgment back. I think that's what that thing is. God, God said, okay, I'm going to give you a space here. Because there were people that were willing to take a day out of their life and get desperate before God and cry out to God to stop abortion, to, to end pornography, to, to bring revival to this nation. That, that's what happened. That's what they were doing there. How many times have we seen something like that happen where I don't know how many people were there, a bunch, in the Tennessee Titans Stadium? It was a significant thing that happened in our nation. And I believe if we could see in the spirit realm, we, I believe everybody in this room would be on their face right now if we saw really what was happening in the spirit realm. We would forget our 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 person, you know, our personalities, our 
And see, that's what Lord has, has, has been doing in my life is forget your personality, Byron. Is your personality your God? Is your personality so important to you that you can't humble yourself to me? Because you're worried about what people think and what people are going to do when you're living in a desperate hour and you're blinded to what's going on around you. And if you'll humble yourself, you may save your granddaughter's life. If you'll build this father's house, it may save your grandchildren's life one day. This is really serious what God's doing right now on the earth. We're living in a serious hour. But I think much of the church is in a stupor. I was reading, you know, in the Fox News this morning, just looking at the headlines, and they said that this year has been a year of frustration in the news. Started listing all the bad things, you know, the Virginia Tech shooting, the war, you know, this mall shooting, the shooting in the churches, in the mission center. You know, not to mention, you know, the political insanity that our government's trying to do now to get Israel to divide Jerusalem. And we're just sort of blind to what's happening around us. We're, we're sort of immune. We're sort of numb. And we don't have this desperation in our heart for God. And we're too prideful to come and let God touch us. And let the Holy Spirit fill us. Because that's not how you do it. That's not how He did it yesterday. All the stuff we do. Oh, I don't feel this. I don't feel that. And you're being controlled by your feelings. I told you last week. I'll tell you that last week. Let me tell you one more time. Just so you get it. I've always... See, everything that... This is crazy. Everything I didn't really want to do with my spiritual life, I've had to do this year. And the reason being is because I've always watched people do crazy stuff. And I would always judge them and say, oh, they're just being moved by their feelings and their emotions. And the Lord spoke to me when they know Byron. You're being moved by your feelings and your emotions. Because you don't feel anything, therefore you're going on what you don't feel instead of walking by faith and coming into these things by faith. You hear what I'm saying to you? I'm serious. We need to get real here. And I believe the Lord wants to use this church for revival and spiritual awakening. I really do. I had this vision back in February, I think. Yeah. This is a crazy vision. No, no, the vision wasn't crazy. The vision was great. I was laying on the floor, and it was when we had that we was, you know, Kalani, remember, she was here, and we were just having a blast, the old, good old time in the Lord. And I was laying on the floor, and I saw this vision of this church. And this church, they, it was a flame 500 feet high at least, roaring out of this church. Okay, that's what I saw. Then I saw this flame in this church and another flame in another local church in this area come together. Okay, and then all of a sudden I seen other flames all over. I saw a map of the country. I saw little flames, little flames, little flames, and these flames started coming together. Churches coming together. There was a move of God happening. These churches were getting on fire. And then I saw this fire run all the way across this nation. God brought a revival to our nation. And this is what the Lord said to me. <laughs> this is how God, when I was laying there, he said, what you're doing is important. And I meet up. This is important, Lord, me just laying here on the floor. <laughs> he wasn't talking about that. He was talking about having a heart for to see God come and move in my life and to move in this church and move in this nation. It's important. God says, this is important. It's important. 
This is not games. This is not church as usual. This is not going through the motions. If it is, I'm going to be honest with you. If that's what you're looking for, you're in the wrong church. I'm just going to be straight with you. If you're looking for church as usual, you're in the wrong place. I'm not going to do church as usual. Now, you either can go convince the people in charge to throw me out and get a, a, a church as usual guy, but I'm not doing church as usual. I'm going after the Holy Spirit. I'm going after what God wants to do. Are you, you hearing what I'm saying to you? I'm serious about this. And I think we've got to do this. I think this is our job as, a, as the people of God to be the salt and light in the earth. I think we have no choice or we're going to lose our nation. We are going to lose our nation. God is looking at the church and saying, the nation is in your hands. That's why I said I believe that call thing was so important, the people praying, that they are sustaining us right this moment. And I pray that we'll have more calls. I pray, that be a, I pray our church would really get into praying more than we are. I pray that God put it in people in this church, in this heart, say, we want to pray in this church. He would raise up people who really have an anointing to pray. And we'd have a real prayer movement in this church because we need prayer right now. Because the fire fell and there was prayer that first thing that happened. So I'm really, you know, I'm really bought into the revival thing because we need it. And there'll be a lot of people saved that won't go to hell over it. There'll be a lot of people healed that won't suffer in their bodies. Are y'all okay? I was, was going to be calm the whole time. All right, number four. The fourth thing. Can I give you three things, right? One, the Father's house. Two, the Holy Ghost. Three, revival, spiritual awakening. Number four is the open heaven. Okay? John 151. <clears throat> Thank you. And he said to him, this is really good. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascended and descended on the Son of Man. <clears throat> of course, Jesus was, remember all those messages I gave you about Jacob's ladder in the mind? Well, that word you, I say to you, in the Greek is not you like you, Rhonda. It's not you like you guys in this room. It's you and everybody in the future. You, this is a promise from God that we'll see heaven. And I will tell you this, heaven is open. According to Luke 23, verse 45, it says the veil was ripped open. I got more water than I want to do. Thank you. The veil was ripped open. And when that veil was ripped open, heaven was open to the body of Christ. To the people of God, heaven's open to us. The problem is, our door is shut to God. You read, read Revelations 3.18 or something like that where it says, I'm standing at the door knocking. Those were not unsaved people that Jesus was knocking on their door. Those, that was a church, remember? It may not have been a great church. It was a lukewarm church. Me and them people were saved. They knew God. They had a relationship with God. And He was having to knock on their door. Our door is shut. That's why we don't see the heavenly realm the way we're supposed to see it. Okay? And I know this is hard for lots of people, but I'll tell you this. There's an angelic realm, there's a spiritual realm, and God is opening it up to people who are willing to open themselves up to Him. And it really starts in your mind. I talked to you a lot about the mind being the doorway into the supernatural. It is the doorway. You have to make a decision. You have to make a choice in your mind 
to be able to see into the spirit realm. I mean, it's just the way it is. And so the, the heavens are open, and they're never going to be shut again. If you read Revelations 4, 1, John saw a door open. That door, that's the same door. It was, the Lord never shut the door. We've shut the door. The church has shut the door. You and I have shut the door. Therefore, we're, not, we're missing out on, on, our, on the spiritual realm. And I'm telling you, you are a Christian. You have Jesus Christ living in you. You have a supernatural being inside of you. You can see the invisible realm. You can. Now, I'll tell you one thing. Once you start seeing it, it'll mess you up a little bit. So what happened to me is this year, I began to experience the supernatural realm. And, I had a couple of powerful experiences. One of them just threw, threw me for a tailspin, big time. It affected me. And I really, it, I, it took me a couple of months to get over it. I couldn't figure, you know, it just sort of, you know. It's like, you know, I'm 120 and I plugged into 220. You know, <laughs> stuff got fried in me. And it took, and the Lord had to go and, and really it was like the Lord had to go and rewire me to be able to handle 220. But since that time, since I've gotten rewired, I've had, listen, I have had, a, in the last month, two months, I've had two very significant dreams that were from the Lord. I mean, real significant dreams. Not just, I dreamed a dream about blah, blah. These are powerful, major dreams. I've had a visitation from the Lord Himself. I've had just, you know, I mean, somebody was talking to me recently. Well, you know, is a, it seems like we have an ebb in the Holy Spirit. I'm saying, you're talking to the wrong person. There's no ebb in my life. I mean, I'm under a shower. I'm under a download right now. And I think God wants us all under the shower and download. He wants us all to be experiencing Him, hearing Him, having this heavenly relationship. It's not hard to have this. That's why I say it starts in your mind. If you don't fix it in your mind, you're not going to have these experiences. But I really expect the day to come when I literally am standing here or standing somewhere and I'm going to see angels appear to me. That is going to happen, and I'm going to have conversations with these angels. That's going to happen. I'm expecting it. I'm looking for it. I'm anticipating it. That's a very biblical experience. Anyways, the open heaven is a great thing. Uh, but this is, I'm just doing good because i got five minutes left, and I want to talk to you about my favorite one of I guess it's my favorite. It's the most recent thing. It has to do with the scriptures. Uh, Luke 24, verse 30 and 31. This is wonderful. This is the most wonderful thing that you can imagine. <clears throat> I, I don't want to say it's better than everything else because it's all good. It's all tied together. In other words, you, the Holy Ghost is, is all, you know, that's where the angelic realm's at. It's in Him. Uh, when he had reclined at the table with him, this is the road to Emmaus, of course. Now, I want to remind you of what happened right before this. They were walking on the road with Jesus Christ after he had died and resurrected. And they were all messed up, bummed out, living their, their measly spiritual experiences, disappointed because things didn't work the way they thought it would. And he was going to keep on moving. Okay? He was going to just keep going. They said, no, please come with us. See, that's what God's asking you to do right now. That's a desperate man. They're talking to this guy. Something's going on. They don't understand it. He acts like he's going to go on another way. No, please come with us. 
Please, please. They didn't know it was the Lord at that time, but they just, something was happening, and they weren't willing just to go on and be what they were being. Please come with us. It's like when Jesus was walking on the water. He had like he was going to walk by them. I tell you what, I believe the Lord walks by us every day of our lives. I believe God is somewhere out there. Are they going to notice me? And say, hey, Lord, please come and get my boat. Please, don't let me be in this boat without you. I think that's happening in our lives and we're not seeing it. I'm asking, Lord, please show me because I feel like like I'm missing more than I'm getting. Anyways, it says he, he went with them and it says when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished. He took the bread. He took the Bible. Jesus took the Word of God. That's what he was trying to say to us. Broke it open, blessed it. Blessed it and broke it open and gave it to them. Jesus is doing that right now. He is looking for people who will grab a hold of him and say, I want you to be, I want to be with you. And he says, if you will do that, I will break the Scripture open to you and I will reveal the Scriptures to you. I'm going to bless it. I'm going to give it to you. No, you're not going to get it with your puny Bible studies thinking you're going to get it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to bless the Word of God. I'm going to bless the Scripture. I'm going to open it up to you and give it to you. Now, the Lord's doing that right now. You can sit down with the Lord right now and ask the Lord, Lord, I want to read the Word. Will you talk to me in the Word? And He will do it. And He will show you stuff in there that you've never seen before. Do you hear me? Okay. I've been reading the Bible ever since I've been a Christian. Faithfully. All the time. I have studied the Bible for years. I've given myself to the Bible. And I mean, I've studied it in a good way. I've had a hard attitude. I want the Word in me. But almost every day of my life, yes, I have really come into this thing where I've really seen that the Lord really wants to teach me the Scripture and believe that He wants to. I am seeing stuff in the Bible I have never seen in there. Literally, I'm seeing something like, wow, I didn't know that was in there. I've never saw it like that before. It's because the Lord is taking the Word and breaking it, blessing it, and handing it to the people who are willing to reach out to Him and get it. Are you, do y'all hear what I'm saying to you? Luke 24, 45, he says he opened their minds to understand the Scripture. He opened their minds. He did. He did. And when you begin, when the Lord begins to open your mind to understand the Word of God, it is not some like, well, I need to read the Bible today. I've got to go give my due to Bible reading. You know, like a lot of Christians are, I've got to go through do my quiet time. Oh, that's just craziness. That's not, that's insanity. It should be, I mean, like, come on, let's get with it. You know, Lord, I'm ready, you know. Come on, I'm excited about sitting down with you with the Word and hearing you talk to me. And you may be saying, well, you're a pastor. That should be having to be bull. You know, that's just bull if you think that. Every believer should be hearing him speak to him. And it ain't like you've got to read a chapter or ten chapters a day. You can read a verse. You can read a sentence or a phrase. And He can open it up to you and give it to you. And I don't really have time to explain all the other stuff, but because i got some... I know I've just offended everybody that's not studying the Bible thing. 
but it's really true, but we'll just deal with that at another time. I got, I told Becky, I figured out a good way of explaining that where you could receive it. So those were like the five greatest revelations. Number one, the Father's house. Number two, the Holy Ghost. Number three, revival and spiritual awakening. Number four, an open heaven. And number five, the scriptures. And it's so important for us to have personal revelation where God speaks to us, where it's yours. It's not somebody else's. It's got to be yours. That's why. But I want to read this 2 Corinthians 12, 1. <clears throat> this is good. And we'll end on this. This is what Paul said. Boasting is necessary. <laughs> Paul's crazy, isn't he? Boasting is necessary. <laughs> Though it's not profitable. So he was having to do some boasting. <laughs> if you go read it all, he wasn't boasting about great things. He was boasting about stuff he did to help people. You know, how he had to humble himself. That's how he, what he was boasting in. But then he said this little phrase here. But I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I will. That's Paul the Apostle, ladies and gentlemen. So really, 2007 has been a great year of acceleration, and I believe promotion. Some people have re really received a spiritual promotion because they allowed the Lord to accelerate them. If you are one of those people who that has not happened to, guess what? 2008, it can happen to you! <laughs> That's the great thing about the Lord. He's not mad at you. He's just saying, okay, well, you missed it. Come on. Get in the party. <laughs> you know? But here's the truth. There's a lot more. Okay? And here's one of our dangers we have in the church is God does all this wonderful stuff, speaks this stuff, and you try to live back there on that manner. Oh, yeah, I gotta, I'm, I'm going to try to go back and re relive that. No, forget that. That's insanity. You build on those things. See, I'm thinking, this is great, Lord. I love this. I really love this. I want more, but I'm not going to go back and try to relive these things. I want you to take these things. These are foundational things. These are walls. A house is not a house that's just got a foundation and a couple walls thrown up. There's a lot more. There's more. God has more. God has a lot more. And I had these two dreams. I'll tell you them right quick. One, both of them concerns you, I want to tell you. I got you into some big trouble. One dream, our nation had gone through a calamity, a terrible calamity. So bad, the infrastructure of the nation was destroyed. And guess who was taking over the infrastructure of the nation? The body of Christ in America. And I was in this big meeting with all these leaders in the body of Christ in this country. And they said, you have been assigned for the fresh water supply for this nation. You're responsible for it. They were telling me that. And I was mad about it. I think, and that's what I tell them. I said, yeah. So y'all going to get to do all the spiritual stuff, and i got to go find water. <laughs> that's what you're telling me? <laughs> so I'm, they said, yeah, that's what you got to do. There was no fresh water supply. So you know what I did? And I said, you know what? I'm going to get those people at River Life. They know how to find water. And they're going to help me find water. And the dream ended. We found a water supply that would supply everybody water for the rest of time. We did that. I didn't do it. All right, that was a powerful dream. That's prophetic. Next dream is this. I was in this uh, Duke Power, Duke Energy, or whatever they call it these days, plant. And they said, you've been promoted. You got a promotion. Wow. A friend of mine called me on the cell phone and said, Byron, congratulations on your promotion. So I'm in this dream. What is my promotion? I got in there and they said, you have been, you're in charge of the power distribution now. That's your job, in charge of the power distribution. I think, really? I thought, I can do this. I was an electrical engineer at one time. I know how to do this stuff. 
So I started looking at how I was going to do it, and the first thing I saw was this. I saw this real ancient power supplies, and in my mind, that needs to stay. That's what I thought. Then I saw this new stuff. I thought, yeah, we need those things too. Then I went and looked at how they were doing it, and I said, this is ridiculous. This is like old time. This is laboring. This is misery. There's a new way of doing things. God won't... Well, not God. There's technology available that makes this a lot easier, okay, than what we've been, what you're doing. And you know what I thought? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the people at River Life to help me distribute the power. So you have been officially brought in. You know what? Those two dreams are very real dreams from the Lord. They mean something. I don't think I'm going to be going to work for Duke Energy. I'm getting y'all a job there. <laughs> They're symbolic. You want to stand up? And thank you for the water. Thank you, Lord. We have some ministry team people. I just really feel like um, today would be a good day just to dedicate ourselves fresh to the purposes of God for this corporate body and for ourselves personally that we're willing just to go before the Lord today and just tell him we're willing whatever 2008 he wants to do in our life you know to help establish his house um, in a greater way that we would be willing to cross the thresholds of, of um, things that are hindrances for us so and just all the things that Byron talked about today I believe they are foundations for the new year and uh, so I just encourage you Ron do you have something we have any more ministry people? people? A few we years ago, the Lord people. had given me a dream, and I was um, taken into this beautiful castle and into the doorway of the bridal chamber, but the door was closed. And I knew that the Lord was in there and, and beckoning me in, but I was afraid to open the door. And I struggled with my fear, struggled with my fear, and I woke up. And I was like, Lord, if you'll just let me go back to sleep, I'll open that door. And I, I've always asked him, you know, he, he's revealed different truths about that dream to me mm. over the years. But I really feel like this is a time when fear can keep us back. That's true. You know, and I really feel like today is a day that we really need to confess those things that cause fear to, you know, rise up in us. And he really wants us, if we will do that, and just put our hand on that knob by faith, and open that door, we can really come Amen. into just great treasures of the Lord. Amen. You know, where He wants us to be. And, you know, I, because I told Him, I said, if you'll let me see what's in the room, then I'll open the door and come in. <laughs> but it didn't work that way, you know. And I think sometimes it's like, Lord, if I just know what's going to happen, then I'll join you. But He's saying, you yeah, know, it's not going to work that way. It's by faith you come in. Amen. Come in by faith. That's so it. I just really want to pray for anybody that's really struggling with any kind of fear of really entering in what the Lord has because we all at times do that in our life, okay? Thank you, Lord. And anyone who needs physical healing, we want to pray for you. Anyone who has not really given themselves to the Lord, you know, dedicated their lives to God, we just want to pray for you. If you feel like the Lord's calling you right now, uh, we want to pray for you in that area. Otherwise, be blessed into the new year. Thank you, Lord. <laughs>